This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Good morning and aloha, everybody. Today we're at Kai Coffee having a little bit of... Cindy's having an acai bowl, and I'm having a little breakfast sandwich. Aloha, Cindy. There she is. Hey, Cindy, why are we here at Kai Coffee? Why aren't we at home doing this show? Because we're about to go hop on an airplane and go to the mainland. <laughs> we're going to the painland. We're heading back to the... We're heading back to the painland, so... Tomorrow morning, we'll probably, if we can do it tomorrow morning, it'll probably be from the Seattle airport on our way to Minneapolis, oops, to see some of my Ohana. And then we're going to be in Florida for a month or two, we're not sure. But anyway, we're in uh, paragraph 577, Jesus and the Law. <clears throat> At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus issued a solemn warning in which he presented God's law given on Sinai during the first covenant in light of the grace of the new covenant. So Matthew says, Matthew 5 says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, tell us where you are. Uh, chime in and tell us where you are. We're in at Kai Coffee. I'm sorry, most people only tune in to see the uh, beautiful ocean behind me, but today we are still in Hawaii. You can see here. There's the ocean somewhere over there. You can see it in the distance. Over there's the ocean. But we're sitting at Kai Coffee. Kai means ocean, so it's ocean coffee. Jesus, Israel's Messiah, and therefore the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, was to fulfill the law by keeping it in its all-embracing details. So Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. He came not just to die on the cross and be raised from the dead, but from the moment of his conception, um, being all God and all man. He's like us in, all, in our humanity in every way. He had a spirit, a soul, and a body. In other words, he had in his divinity and in his, in his humanity, two natures. He had two wills. He had his mind, his will, and his emotions. So uh, that's why you see Jesus uh, even at suffering in, in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, uh, struggling 
saying, Lord, if it be possible, let this pass me by. But nevertheless, not thy, my will, but thy will be done. In his humanity, he did not want to have to suffer, right? But in his divinity, he accepted, and his human will accepted all that the Father had for him. Hey, Tony, it was good to see you this last weekend on the Zoom. So, um, Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness, to restore our dignity. Because he's all God and all man, in some cosmic and spiritual way, he's in solidarity with all of us. And by fulfilling all righteousness, like when he was baptized, John said, you don't need to be baptized, you should be baptized in me. The early church fathers said that he, he allowed himself to be baptized so he could sanctify the waters for us. But uh, Jesus said it, uh, that we should fulfill, fulfill all things meek unto righteousness. That is his goal in coming here was to live a life fulfilling God's will. That's why after he was in the temple, it says he went and submitted to uh, his parents and grew in stature before both God and men. Jesus came to be the obedient servant and to live a life of righteousness and by so doing to restore our dignity. In the Catholic Church we call it recapitulation. Revelation says, behold, I make all things new. And that's what he wants to do for you and that's what he does for us. He is in fact the only one who could keep it perfectly. Remember God said, uh, why do you, God said, Jesus said, that your heavenly father is perfect. And he also said uh, that we should be perfect like our heavenly father. But when he said that it wasn't just a commandment, you better be perfect, it was a creative word. Like when he said, let there be light, and there was light. When Jesus said to you, be perfect, he's, that's a creative word that he's speaking into your soul. On their own admission, the Jews were never able to observe the law in its entirety without violating the least of its precepts. This is why every year on the Day of Atonement, the children of Israel ask God's forgiveness for their transgressions of the law. The law teaches us that we can't really save ourselves, that we can't, we're not able to totally fulfill all the laws and all the commandments, that we're not able to totally be uh, free from all sin, hopefully mortal sin, but we may fall in, in venial sin. It teaches us that. Pelagianism was a heresy in the early church that said you could work your way to heaven. And the Catholic Church refuted that. We can let this truck pass us by. Around the year two or 300, there was a, a heresy called Pelagianism, uh, which taught that you were, you on your own power could be, um, become sinless and be perfect. In other words, you could work your way to heaven, which the Catholic Church refuted uh, way back then, that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved by grace, we're also saved by cooperating with God's grace. Like James says, it is not by faith alone, but by works also that we are saved. So it's that obedient faith, pistis in the Greek. It's an active obedient faith. It's not just a, I believe, because even the demons believe and tremble, right? But they're, they're destined for eternity in hell. This is why every year on the Day of Atonement, the children of Israel ask God's forgiveness for the transgressions of the law. The law indeed makes up one inseparable whole. And St. James recalls, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. Is that our motorcycle friend, uh, the Indian? There's this really cool Indian motorcycle that cruises by here. 
Yeah, Andy, we got to pray for everybody around where Andy is. Uh, two hurricanes coming. Lord, we pray you protect Andy and all of his family and all those there. And we'll be speaking with at Andy's church for the men's conference September 26th. Andy, I still don't know my flight and all that sort of thing. I'll sort it out when I get back to the Painland. But um, uh, looking forward to being with you guys and having that the cigar night and then that good motorcycle run afterwards. <laughs> this principle of integral observance of the law, not only in letter but in spirit, was dear to the Pharisees. Remember, uh, Paul was a Pharisee. By giving Israel this principle, they had led many Jews of Jesus' time to an extreme religious zeal. So they focused on the letter of the law and then going even beyond the letter of the law um, with all kinds of rules. And just hey aloha, and it just weighed it just weighed them down. This zeal, were it not to lapse into hypocritical casuistry, could only prepare the people for the unprecedented intervention of God through the perfect fulfillment of the law by the only righteous one in the place of all sinners. So we'll let you guys think about that. So we're um, we're flying out tonight. Seattle and then Minnesota for a few days so uh, get to see my dad have a few cigars with him I ruined his life I bought, bought him a few cigars we had a cigar for the first time about four years ago and now it's uh, become a hundred dollar a month habit of his. <laughs> well, not that bad but uh, looking forward to having a couple of cigars with him and then we'll be back to the uh, to Florida and we'll be back at probably about 6 45 a.m. or 7 a.m. Eastern time hey Stephen Aloha good to see you so tell tomorrow, love you guys. Make the sign of the cross in Hawaiian. Makainoa o kamakua kekeki emeka uhane hemalele. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. I say something, my dear. Just say aloha. Aloha. May the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com dot app slash breadbox.